Hey, what's going on, everybody? Happy post-Super Bowl Monday. It is February 12th, 10 a.m. on the East Coast, and you are listening and watching the Daily AI Show live. And with us today, we got June, me, Andy, Beth, and I'm Brian. We'll see if anybody else pops in the door. Um, but today, we're, I don't say it's like our, uh, like we're circling back to it, but we kind of are, because on one of our update shows, not even this week, I think it was the week before, we were talking about the news story at that time that had just broken about these um, really um, graphic, deep fake images of Taylor Swift that had quickly circulated around the internet, most specifically on X, formerly Twitter. Um, and the somewhat slow response, or we call it a slow response, was up there for 17 hours on X. And then there was some, we can get into what happened after that and everything else. But we talked about it on the on the uh, news show on our our regular Wednesday show. But even as we were talking about it, we're like, "There, this is not okay to just give it five minutes in between a bunch of other news stories." And so we all kind of collectively agreed at that time, "Hey, we're going to come back to this." So that's what today's show is about. And if you saw, if you happen to be watching this, and you can see our our images on my um, thumbnail, I have. The thumbnail says, will Swifties protect us from AI? And so I think there's a really interesting conversation to be ahead here, not only about what happened so that we can all get on the same page, but then also, you know, what was the immediate response by uh, a, a social network like X? What should be done in the future? What is Section 230 and how is that defined for the last 30 years? What the Internet can and can't do and how that has an image. And what does that mean for AI? There's a lot to unpack here. Um, but since Taylor Swift is the latest, um, most public case of this, not to say that she, by far is she the only person that is dealing with this, but she's the most public of recent note. Um, we wanted to have a conversation about that. So there's the opening to it. Is there anybody that wants to sort of like, jump into this first that feels like yeah let me let me or can somebody just lay the groundwork here of, of what happened you know we can go from there maybe I, sure i can oh go ahead Jimmy. oh go ahead and it's fine well I, i'll just do a short thing which is you know the whole question of deep fakes and their use in deceptive communications misrepresenting especially in the context of political things is something that is going to be regulated now, the question is, the big question is, if you make something criminal, for example, the FCC just made it illegal to use deep fake cloning of a voice in, uh, in, a, in a robocall, can you expand that to include the use of deep fake videos in deceptive communications? There's a number of things underway legally to try to put you know, regulations in place that can criminalize uh, you know, the, the deceptive practices. Um, for example, there's a deep fake accountability act that's, that's underway right now in Congress, but in all of those cases, including the ones with robocalls, enforcement is nigh to impossible. How do you actually, I mean, there've been regulations like the TCPA that, that, you know, have been a mechanism of enforcement that has prevented certain very large efforts to, you know, spam the world. Uh, but in general, a, a person posting something on a social media outlet is, is not getting covered by that kind of enforcement, but the, the enforcement of very stiff class action level penalties and hundreds of millions of dollars, that'll stop a major corporation from doing something nefarious. But having 
the ability to create deep fakes on my computer right now and be able to post it in places that are going to get attention. I'm just going to say, good luck trying to enforce that, no matter how difficult you make the regulations to circumvent. And, and this is a great place to bring in Section 230 to understand what that was and how how at the time it was a very, very small part of, a, of another law and legislation and how it has actually come to define the Internet. So just really quick, Section 230 is a small piece of the 1996 Telecommunications Act that has in many ways created the Internet we all know today. Um, the first part states, quote, no provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider. Now, that's sort of wordy, but basically what it did is it protects websites from what users put on there. In other words, it, it, it allows the website to say, hey, there's no way we can be responsible for every single user that posts stuff. Now, this is 1996 that this came out, and it's still a huge part of the way the Internet is run today. We're, we're going back to Prodigy days, CompuServe days, AOL days, when I think in this article that I read, too, talks about how there was like 40 million total users of the Internet on any given time. And it said for reference, something like Snapchat currently has 240 active users at any good million at any given time. So just to show how small the Internet was at the time this came out and how it wasn't even really considered to be a huge deal. But now if we take this all the way today, Twitter's, Facebook's, whatever, they're protected under law from saying, hey, we had nefarious users or whatever put these deep fake images out there. And we're not responsible for what our users are posting, which back to your point, Andy, well, does make it very hard if any user anywhere can do it and they're not raising their hands and say, hey, it was me. So, like, how do you handle this? And I think, you know, I don't know, uh, Beth, if you want to jump in here or give your opinions, but like, how do we if, if that's the case and that's the law of the land that's going to stay? And, and there's some question, real questions right now about whether Section 230 applies to AI or not. But. We can, we can hold there for a second. But if that's not the case, if we can't stop the user, and I agree, how would you police that? Then what do we need to do from the side of sites like X, uh, Facebook, all the subsidiaries of Meta, yada, 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 to hold them accountable to not leave images like this up of Taylor Swift or anybody, anybody. I don't care if they're, they're famous or not. It doesn't matter for 17 hours where it was shared on average 45 million times. And these weren't just, you know, bad images. These were also like violent images from what I understand that depicted things in the NFL and, and, you know, images of blood and da, da, da. Like these were serious, serious. I mean, I haven't seen them obviously, but I, these are serious images from what I understand. You know, what can we do? And do you think Beth and from that side of things or, or whatever your opinion is? Well, I think, I think that it needs what needs to be taken into consideration, and I'm not sure this points us to what we can do, but understanding that that is part of social media's business model. Social media makes money by eyeballs coming to their platform and engaging in long periods of time, right? And so uh, X, Twitter, had both an incentive to encourage this and no accountability to take it off, right? The reason that they took it off is because Swifties are a powerful force. 
Um, and that's amazing. And uh, yay to all the Swifties I love. Um, but also uh, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a huge use case, but a small use case, right? Like everybody doesn't have a Swifty nation to be able mm. to protect right. them. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's a larger question. And honestly, I think it's a little bit more of a media literacy thing. Um, but with salacious images, it is uh, that sort of taps into another part, right? So when we're talking about deep fakes in terms of politics or uh, or that kind of thing, then you're looking at like, okay, so um, how do we, who, what is the, is the, who benefits from this being posted, who, right? Like d verifying whether it's real or not. I don't think there was an assumption that these were real. They were just awful. And Twitter doesn't, I mean, uh, Elon is kind of into the fact that X can go awful sometimes, but well, also they the don't thing. have an incentive for that. For okay, but here's not. the thing. And this is what I, my question to you guys. I don't have the answers, by the way. I'm not coming into this with answers. It, like, it's an interesting conversation to have and very serious. But collectively, as a nation, we have agreed that there is no, uh, there's no situation where child pornography is acceptable across the board it is a federal uh, crime to do that. And we don't like there's there's built in filters and things like this for child pornography so that child pornography doesn't get shared 45 million times and doesn't get taken down for 17 hours. That's a serious offense. And I, if I'm not mistaken, that's not protected by two. Like th Twitter could definitely get in serious trouble for something like that. So if we have the ability to set up internal filters and things like that, why isn't there technology, basically AI technology, to protect us from AI defakes? In other words, how come it doesn't have to go through a filter where if these things are shown prolifer proliferating across X, across the platform, or any platform for that matter, that there's not an immediate like stopgap that comes in there? Because their answer was to simply restrict the ability to search the name Taylor Swift. But if you put it in quotes, it came up anyway. So it was a very like haphazard kind of like, this is the best we can do. And I'm, my answer is, is this the best we can do? And what about for all the women or men or whatever who aren't Taylor Swift, who don't have a nation of Swifties mm -hmm. behind them to try to flood the gates? Because one of the initial things they did was flood the net, the social media network with positive images of Taylor Swift, which is a known way of counterattacking this. But come on, how how is there not technology? Is there no, is it to your point, Beth? Is there no real desire to do this because it restricts the eyeballs? How come we can't fix this with, with technology today? I, we 100% can, yeah. but that's, that's, uh, that's not a question. Uh, so why aren't we is actually the question. And I think it has to do with this. So there, there is a, there is a counter argument and I'm not, I'm, there, there are certain things that are, as you say, are salacious and, and maybe obscene that should be restricted, um, you know, in terms of public dissemination, but there's a first amendment question that is used as a counter argument to these attempts at regulation. So let me just spin an example. Uh, if I, during a political, uh, you know, year like this one, where we're leading up to a general election for president, <clears throat> if I wanted to parody a public figure and I did so with a cartoon, mm -hmm. you know, that's not going to be, you know, violating, you know, right. 
any regulation. I can do that. That's a First Amendment right. Well, what if I have technology that allows me to cartoon in a very super photorealistic way, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a, an image of Biden doing a, a succession of gaffes that he never made? Well, mm -hmm. that's also arguably a First Amendment thing that I would love to see regulated. And, and the Deep Fake Accountability Act and some reg regulations that have been implemented by New York and California are attempting to prevent this by requiring that anything that is in the political domain during an election year, for example, mm -hmm. has to label clearly whether there's been any alteration of the images of the political candidates. Uh, and that and then imposes fines and j potential jail time if you're caught doing that. But again, enforcement, if it's used broadly, like if there are thousands of people who are using simple tools to do that, how do you even attempt to prosecute that? Well, I, I think that, that's where the, the tech comes back into it, right? Um, <clears throat> like with, <laughs> with I mean, there's the, the common analogy of Genie being released out of the bottle, right? Mm -hmm. um, so for, for this case, Yes, we've got AI making deep fakes, but we can also use that same technology to identify them and label them and track them and, and things like that. And, and I think this is just another case of um, we were catching up to it, right? I yeah. totally agree with Beth that there is legislation that needs to be created to um, de-incentivize platforms from taking advantage uh, monetarily through uh, for these kinds of incidents. That combined with technology that can um, track and identify uh, AI-generated images will um, will mitigate some of that and and help with like what you're saying, Andy, is to uh, to regulate that. But another component. Uh, and I agree with Andy where the component of the free speech is still need to, to be protected. But identification, clear identification will will help with that. I think the biggest issue here is the non-consent side of, uh, of the entire incident and other cases like this. And so I think that's where the, the, um, the focus should be on is if, if you are posting images Right. Regardless of the uh, of the nature, there needs to be some sort of process that identifies as a potential issue, and then that gets flagged, and then that's got to go through. Is this is this an official consented image to be released? And I understand that's going to be tricky because, for example, if you happen to take a selfie with a celebrity or or somebody, and then post that up on your own social media, then you could potentially have to get identified con explicit consent from from each of those parties. So, so yes, this is this is this is not a clear and cut uh, solution. But I think each of these additional steps and technologies and processes can help mitigate what will be a flood of uh, AI-generated uh, images, video, text, and all of those kinds of things. Yeah, I mean, today it's Taylor Swift. Tomorrow it's your daughter. You know, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, it, and that's that's a fact. And and you know, if something like this happened, God forbid, to my 13-year-old daughter, 
right? Which I cannot stop, by the way. As a as a as a parent, I can't do anything about it. Now she's a minor, so she should be protected by child pornography laws and stuff like that. But if somebody had it out for her at a school, and this happens all the time with the revenge stuff and the revenge porn, this already existed, and it's only going to get easier. And as these tools become faster and easier for kids to use who don't have the 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 brain connections at this point to understand when this was is a truly harmful act. And I like the word that somebody used in 2019, the AI firm Deep Trace showed these images were overwhelmingly weaponized against women. I love the word weaponized because I think that's exactly how we need to think about this. It's weaponized against not just women, but over obviously overwhelmingly against women. So my I guess what I come back to is this the the laws we know are going to be a lagger right they're going to lag behind and there's there's real mm -hmm. laws going that are being trying to act like in new york and california and other places i'm not excluding other states i'm just saying i've read in preparation is there's definitely laws being put up the white house has come out and said we need real solutions from congress on this okay great great but let's get back to like a twitter or something like that or x whatever you want to call it how hard is it if this pops up that there is not some one singular form that says, hey, there is an identified image of me. It is not okay. And I want to put a fur, I want a hard stop on it. That hits the system. The system immediately pauses. I'm not saying removes or violates First Amendment rights because is it a violation of First, first Amendment right that it doesn't go up in the next 30 seconds? I would think they're perfectly within their, their, laws and everything else for Twitter or X to say, we put a mandatory pause in this. Or like yesterday with the Super Bowl, when there was a guy running on the field without his shirt on, they didn't, they no longer cut to that. Would that have been great for CVS as far as a viewership bump for see, somebody see a silly drunk dude running around the street, trying to be, a dun, 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 you know, they're trying to tackle the dude in the middle of the field. That's actually good for TV, but they never cut the cameras to it. So if CBS can do that. And that falls within the FCC. Why can't we have like a, a centralized form? And and let's go even one further. One centralized website that immediately goes out to the main players. At least get the big ones. We can't get all of them, but get some of the big ones who collectively agree that hey, if this comes through and somebody puts a you know like there's a threshold, let's say of this is reported, whatever the Swifties came and they said stop. This is obviously a problem that it's not just paused, then put it through whatever regulations and, and system it has to go. And if it's, and if it's can, you know, deemed afterwards that it does not violate, then let them go on through. But why well, wait? I, don't, I, don't I hear you in this, I, like your, uh, your feeling as a parent about how much this could impact your family's life is absolutely coming through here. And uh you can spend nine dollars on twitter and get verified as a person right people get hacked all the time uh and ha let me introduce you to america where um everyone agrees is uh not something that happens very often and so like putting something into place that everyone agreed to that had a central authority would in this particular political climate country climate be very difficult i believe it seems it seems interesting to me that we can't agree that something like that isn't in fact a weaponized attack against women or men, but let since it's it, overwhelmingly women. It absolutely so, is. And and let me just say one more thing. Sorry, Andy. No what sweat. we are talking about is punishment, not prevention. 
none of what we're talking about. I mean, what you're asking for, Brian, is a preventative measure or at least an early intervention measure. Early, but yeah, early, the early, laws early, that are happening are punishment. This is not something that that uh, that those kinds of situations are are looking to prevent. Uh, Andy, I interrupted. Yeah. Sorry. No, no I, I was attempting to interrupt you. Uh, the uh, and and failed well. So <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to mention that the Deep Fake Accountability Act has, and I don't know the actual terms of the provision, but it has a provision in there for digital content provenance technology. And this is the idea that anytime I post anything up on the web, because of my account on that social media, it's clear. And that image that I put up there is marked as having come originally from me. Mm-hmm. That's the whole idea of digital provenance. Well, where do these things come from? And how can we easily and rapidly trace what, you know, when, the, when this, you know, explosion happened for Taylor Swift, like who was the person who put that thing up there first? And there are probably ways that this got copied from 4chan or other 4chan, other yeah. sites that, you know, don't have digital provenance. But the Deepfakes Accountability Act may require that many of these things start to identify the original source of any such piece of digital content. Uh, there's also a provision to establish a, an information sharing program to help prevent the malicious spread of something. So when it starts to kind of go wild and viral, there's an information network. Again, I'm not sure how technologically this can happen, but you know, it's it's jumping from X to you know Y and and several other you know websites out there. But there's this uh, agreed upon collaboration among all the social media companies, presumably, if this is put into law, that they would share information about something that looks to be suspicious and is catching fire. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it comes down to is incentivizing, uh, in, in this case, X, incentivizing these companies to, to take the steps that they need to, right? And like you said, Beth, right now it's punishment, right? That's that I'm I'm assuming the legislation going towards the punishment angle is to incentivize the companies to come up with their own solutions. Uh, is that enough? I think that's that's uh, that's another big question. I, I don't think that's enough. Uh, are we walking a tightrope here? Yes, but something must be done, right? And so. I think we've identified uh, possible pathways, things that are being done, uh, technologies that could be developed. I really like the digital provenance uh, angle there. I think uh, I think that'll be a um, a huge piece of the larger puzzle as we catch up to handling incidents like these. You know, I was just looking too at the deep fake accountability act because I wasn't I wasn't as familiar about when it came up. What well, perplexity said 2023, but that's incorrect because I'm looking at the congress.gov site and it was introduced by Yvette, uh, Representative uh, Yvette Clark, a uh, Democrat mm-hmm. out of New York, on 4 8 And yeah, this is, not the, the, this is not the first round that uh, correct. that uh, they tried to push it through. Yeah, yeah. the 2023 yeah, version has been updated. Yeah, correct. Yeah. 
and, and it would have to be right. Like any, I mean, that's, that's the crazy thing. Like, okay, 24, 8, 21. So we're looking at roughly three years ago, a little less shy of three years ago. And the reality is we have a show here talking about these conversations because three years is entirely too long when it comes to AI and the speed at which it moves. And so AI is moving so fast that even under, like if it was a normal situation, we would have lagging laws to it. But the fact of the matter is we're not even close by the time that they can get. And, and to your point, Beth, obviously getting agreement is a whole other issue in our political climate right now on the Democrats, Republicans. But I have to believe I have to believe whether Democrat, Republican or whatever, at least in the United States, this is something that I, I feel like the nation should be able to collectively. This is not gun law. This is not other things that are that are politically motivated. And I'm all for you know, uh, you know, consensual representation of it and nudity in, in certain cases or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm not prudent in that way. And there's there's reasons that should exist and how it exists. But when it comes to stuff like this, where it is, in fact, weaponized and the full intent is to harm, fully harm somebody like a Taylor Swift or a, a non-famous person, a non-billionaire. Right. But this is a billionaire. She just recently became a billionaire. So a large, a large figure in our public uh, eye. It seems crazy to me that we can't come together and and put some stop gaps in place that say, you know what? AI is moving so fast that we need more time to dig into this and figure it out. In the meantime, this is what we're going to do about it. I just, I have a hard time with it. I really do because yeah. this is, you know, upsetting i'm sure it was upsetting to, to taylor swift and her family and stuff now she has not publicly to my knowledge this is that we're, we're recording this the morning after the super bowl uh to my knowledge she has not she did not comment on this and honestly i don't i don't blame her why i why I'd, you know air to the fire on this particular one i don't know that i would if if it was me i don't know i would i would publicly comment on it either um i don't know i i i I don't know where to go with this other than to say it's it's extremely disappointing as a citizen to see stuff like this happen and to see something like 17 hours because I can only go back and say, but if it was my family member, if it was my daughter, if it was me, if it was like, you know, when I had maybe aspirations for running for office one day and somebody wanted to nip that in the bud real quick and, you know, paint me out to be some, you know, sexually deviant, low life, whatever, whatever, you know. Like how so, easy is that for somebody to decide to do that? It's incredibly easy for somebody to decide to do. And the answer and the power that we take into our own hands is to embrace media literacy, right? Um, and do as much as you can to uh, question why an image was made, who benefits from this, uh, who benefits from this being created, who benefits from it being published, uh, how is it being um, spread, right? Who benefits from the spread of it? And as a parent um, uh, of like middle schoolers and teenagers, that's a conversation you really want to be having with your kids, not in a punitive yeah. way, right? It, it is an open conversation. Guaranteed, if high school is anything like it was when I was in high school, they're gonna teach you some stuff. Um, but it is important to understand with that critical kind of thinking, because 
this may be something that happens. This may be something that happens to just about everyone we know in the next 20 years, right? Like it is yeah. so easy. Um, so we need to be in a place where we can engage in conversation uh, and, and have some critical thinking about it. Um, Finland has, has media literacy as a part of their education, their national education standards. It starts literally in preschool or whatever their first thing, and it goes all the way up. And my understanding is part of why that is, is because um, Russia uh, tends to do some psyops there. And so it was a national interest to develop that kind of critical thinking. So while there is, um, a, like for me, that's a little bit of a model. I don't know that we're going to national standards, but it is possible sure. to inoculate through education to a certain extent. And I Definitely think that's where the we power have power. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, we can't stop the images from being created, but I agree with you, Beth. If the if the the public education literacy is there for people to go, that's that's unfortunate. I wish it didn't exist, but I also immediately know what that is, and I give no I give no value to that. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, there there should also be some sort of, I feel like response to oh okay i was on x and somebody and i saw it i can't really stop that if i'm scrolling through like it could just literally show up in my feed but it is 100 up to me on whether i reshare that oh and I, absolutely and i continue the problem and, and I then you stop like and record it right there is a report feature on x yeah yeah i just i don't know i i guess that's the case like you know there's that part of it too which is that i don't i may not be able to stop myself from seeing it but I, I, I certainly don't have to pro propagate and make it worse, you know, right. by sharing it or, or, you know, whatever the case is. And I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's a it's a this is just the tip of the iceberg. And that's, you know, perhaps the scary part of it. I mean, we certainly talk about all the, you know, wonderful things that we feel like AI is going to bring to our society and the problems it's going to solve. We've talked about cancer and we've talked about all these amazing things that we feel like AI can be a part of the solution to. Um, I'm on the camp of feeling like this is an AI problem that also has an AI solution. You know, and Jimmy, you kind of mentioned that too. I definitely think this is doable. Mm -hmm. I think there's ways to identify very quickly through scanning the image. If we can, if we can create images, we can reverse engineer this. It already exists to quickly identify these images and put a stop on it until it can be independently verified the human in the loop, which we talk about all the time and then decide whether it should continue to grow on a platform or whatever. That's my take on it. Any uh, any last thoughts on this one, guys? No, I think we're, uh, I think we're just, you know, this is the tip of the iceberg and we need to keep an eye on this and make forward progress. <clears throat> well, just one last thought in terms of coming back to a business case and a, and a use case. We are talking about um, Taylor Swift because that's the most recent big media. Um, but there is uh, that I think there is a need to talk about this not just with your family and not just with your community, but also with your uh, with your team, with your business mm -hmm. team. Have some things in place uh, where this conversation has been opened and started because the damage that's being weaponized against women is uh, is targeting a particular thing. But we all know that there uh, that 
that a little weaponization in terms of competition, a little weaponization, you know, the lighter side of weaponization, uh, um, can make some real differences in terms of um, uh, how a business is perceived. And this is going to be a larger conversation. So, uh, so if you don't have kids uh, and you don't have high school kids and you're uh, and you're not uh, a Swifty, this still matters to you, and it's a really good idea to have um, to start having these conversations. Uh, my my takeaway would be twenty twenty four is going to be very meaningful in this uh, you know area of concern because of the presidential election in the United States. Yeah. and the probable use of deep fake technologies to malign the character and capability of the of the candidates yeah. all right well, well we'll end it there if there's no other comments on it um the rest of this week we have some lighter conversation tomorrow we're going to be talking about <laughs> uh meta prompting which i'm really excited about andy you brought that up a few weeks ago and i'm, I'm looking forward to deep diving yeah. into that that's tomorrow wednesday we'll be talking about the news thursday we're going to be talking about also came from andy um a report of like it was like the 50, oh man, I don't remember, but it's the 50 AI companies um, that are doing a lot of good. So like in infrastructure and medicine and things like this. And so there's a report that came out. We want to talk about some of the big name players, but then also some of the players on that list that, you know, maybe don't get public attention necessarily, but are doing really, really amazing things like maybe saving or fixing our infrastructure problem in the United States, things like that. And then Friday, we're going to be doing our honest review. We do this every other Friday where we pick something, a tool. Uh, website, uh, whatever that's AI generated or AI focused, and we do a review of it. And since uh, Google Gemini uh, came out in the news, they rebranded from Bard, and they just recently released Gemini Advanced, that's using their Ultra model, just to keep things clear. We're going to dive deep into that on Friday, come to you guys and tell you all about all the different ways that we've tried and used Gemini Ultra, the paid version. I'm advanced, the, the paid version using Ultra C. I can't keep it right either. And then we'll give you a honest review about it. Hey, this is what we think. This is where it maybe is a little bit of better than GPT-4. This is where it maybe isn't. Maybe we have to rethink the way we're using this particular tool. And it's not a fair fight if we're using all the same prompts because there's a lot to uncover there. We'll do all that on Friday. So we have a whole week's worth of uh, great content for you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you guys for the great conversation. Um, and to your point, Beth, the real answer here is don't stop talking about it. So we'll do our part and we'll keep bringing this back up and keep talking about as this stuff evolves in 2024 and make sure it's part of the conversation on this show as well. That's it. We will see you guys tomorrow. Thanks everybody. Have a Monday.